boys and boy toys out there. Welcome oh, to and, uh, <laughs> Toy Girls. I think was the, the one you were looking let's, for. Let's let's be realistic about okay. who's listening to that, our that, show. Though. That's I fair. would very much welcome Toy Girls. Uh, the, the, uh, legally speaking, this is girls who are brought to life by a child's wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, we would Pinocchi love to have Pinocchiettes, if you will. Pinocchiettes, yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, welcome to Wii Universe. This is the show where we're playing every single Wii U game uh, in random order. And we're doing it b- despite people begging us to stop. Uh, <laughs> we're continuing on until... We put, uh, I didn't know when we decided that we were going to do a Wii U podcast that it would involve so much plastic things on platforms yeah there were so many of them uh this week my my apartment which is already kind of cluttered pre-move is uh a little more cluttered with a bunch it's of somehow, toys right now. it's somehow cluttered with order it's like, cluttered it, with order it, yeah it, 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 it's very empty but also like kind of cluttered exactly yeah it's intrusive in the way that it's cluttery but uh but either way today we are uh, i get to pack away some of these items i get to put away some of the many many things that have been so that, strewn that, about my apartment that, that's what it said they say right like the time comes in everyone's life to put away childish <laughs> uh toys to life wii u games and and instead uh emerge somewhere new to enjoy yeah. new childish pursuits exactly yeah yeah i'm not putting aside childish things i'm temporarily allaying them um but yes, today we are playing the last of our Toys to Life games. That means we're playing Disney Infinity and Lego Dimensions. And my name is Steve Gunling. Hello, I'm Woody Siskowski, more angry and confused than usual. <laughs> Steve, yeah, I had a bad time with these. I'm sorry I get, to hear you that. You get a big old fart sound for these boys. Big old fart sound. Yeah, okay. I, are you readers? Readers to this podcast? Yeah, people reading you, right now. Yeah, ima- just imagine it. Um, fill in the wettest juiciest whatever uh whatever properly articulates how unfun i found both these games just big old plops okay yeah. all right well i'm i'm pushing back on one of these i think well, I, I really liked one of these games I just uh, and you know what to be like you just perhaps were in an unfortunate time it's like when you uh want to persuade someone of a movie and you're like this movie's really great and then you kind of forget that like the first 10 minutes of it kind of suck right or like when you tell someone that the room is a very funny bad movie and then like the first 30 minutes just as awkward sex scenes and you're like no wait a second there's just, just there's there other stuff it. here or like if somebody just isn't getting on the wavelength with it like or yeah. just like wait wait a minute this movie's not good like you know yeah it's it's one of those i get that like maybe uh maybe these popped up at the wrong time yeah. but Either way, uh, let's talk about what else we're playing right now. Oh, what, el- what else you got in the hopper? Better than these. Um, okay, yeah. Um, I was been playing uh, Dicey Dungeons, Dicey which is Dungeons. which is a game by Terry Kavanoff, who's very prolific designer of um, sort of small indie games for people who enjoy. Uh, living in the world of cerebral game design as opposed to games you'd actually want to play. Okay. But his most famous game is uh, VVVVVVVVV. Oh, yeah, I like Which is uh, sort of a gravity-swapping game. And then Dicey Dungeons is very much in the vein of Slay the Spire. Um, it is I, a roguelike sort of dungeon, um, go and fight different enemies, but instead of having cards as a deck that... Uh, dictates your moves you instead roll dice and then those dictate your moves and then there's oh. lots of things you can use to adjust the die numbers so it's pretty strategic um fun satisfying and mostly it just looks really clean and really cute all the oh. character designs are kind of like adventure time-esque and um all the font is 
real big and easy to read, which I like a lot. I'm a fan so. of that. I'm a fan, especially after playing a couple of the games today on a small screen and uh, really squinting to make out any kind yeah. of uh, uh, text on there. I appreciate that. Yeah, and it's for um, it originally came out for PC, but I think at this point you can get it for Switch and mobile, which is definitely the way to play it because okay. it's designed for, you know, 20 minute runs. Well, as for me, uh, I I contain multitudes as yeah. we all as we all know, uh, and so I'm playing two very different games on my PS5 right now. One of them is the remake of D- Demon Souls, uh, okay. which was a famously famously difficult uh, PS3 game that spawned the whole Dark Souls series. Uh, I played that original game many times. I never got very far, but I was always kind of engrossed by it like i'm playing it now and really recognizing some level layout and remembering like certain enemies and where they are um this game looks incredible the new uh hd rebuild that they did with it is a total ground up rebuild and it looks phenomenal it looks better than any of the souls games out there uh i think they've tweaked the mechanics a little bit to be a little bit more responsive and a little more um uh, I, won't, I don't want to say user friendly because it's not really <laughs> it's never a the right for adjective the for any of these from software games. No, it's really not. But uh, you know, I I was really struggling with these games, and then I read online a great great piece of advice that I really took to heart. Somebody told me to get good, uh, and it really kind of like unlocked something in my okay, head. I'm like, okay. oh, you know what? I was not trying yeah, that. That was the point that you had been missing. Yeah, that I was missing that. So uh, I've been trying that, and I'm having a lot more. And it's success. worked a lot better, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. getting, I'm getting good. Weirdly, uh, the original Demon Souls for PS3, the only uh, Dark Souls game I've ever beaten. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bloodborne is mine, okay. but uh, I'm, I'm hoping to play through this one. What, what, I'm what attracted it a lot. you to play this instead of Elden Ring, which I know you have sitting right that's, behind our head? That's that's another weird thing. I don't know why. Like, okay. and I was thinking that I was playing and I'm like why aren't I playing Elden Ring right now that's the that's the more zeitgeisty <laughs> yeah, game exactly. like this is a three-year-old remake of a 15 year old game <laughs> and I'm kind of engrossed by it yeah. but go figure uh but if you want to talk about inscrutable game choices the other game I'm playing right now is uh Spongebob Squarepants Battle for Bikini Bottom <laughs> okay. Rehydrated sure this is an HD another HD remake of a PS2 era platform game uh which many we talked about in our we, Spongebob we episode up, and I think it also got brought up when we were playing Simpsons Hit and Run oh yeah in terms of like things that have sort of endured enough to want an HD remake which made me kind of curious about it because this is not a game that had been on my radar until it got an HD remake. I'm like, okay, well, uh, this must be pretty good. Uh, it's fine. It is a it is a pretty adequate uh, Ratchet and Clank kind of knockoff. Okay. Uh, but you know what? I just finished playing that new PS5 uh, Ratchet and Clank game, which I really, really loved. My big complaint with it was that it was over too soon. Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of helping to extend that little streak for me. Okay. It's a good mindless little game to play. Surprisingly difficult uh, for, for a platforming game of this type. No SpongeBob. Uh, but take my advice and play this game with the sound off because uh, you don't want to hear the same three clips of Tom Kenny like over Ooh, and over and over again. They didn't add more voice samples. They like, didn't spruce it up. Yeah, they didn't spruce it up. And Tom Kenny, lame. I think, is the only cast member who came back because they have a lot of like sound alikes. So, uh, okay. Like, but you know what? I'm enjoying it, and it's a nice tonic from playing Demon Souls. You know, going back and forth between these two games is making me, um, what's the word? Insane. It's making <laughs> me insane. I'm going nuts. I wonder what the, because, um, you know, nostalgia always goes in waves, and I'm sure that this Battle for Bikini Bottom got a uh, HD remake because, like, you know, people who had nostalgia for it growing up played it when they were kids. Oh, yeah. like, oh I want to revisit this. So, like, what will be the game, the sort of, 
B tier games from this era mm-hmm. that people are like, all right, we're gonna see this HD remake of it. I I don't really know. I feel like I'm very out of tune with like what the B grade games are anymore. I feel like yeah. they don't. I mean, I know they exist, but to me, it's either like something is this huge AAA title that's this big deal. Or, or it's like an indie it, game. Or it's an indie thing, and neither of those really fall into the category of, like, your SpongeBob, the SpongeBob game, or, like, I don't know. I feel like the sort of B and C-class games that you would sort of pull out we, with when you were done with, like, the really good game for the moment. Like, you, you'd play yeah. through the Wind Waker, and you're like, I guess I'll play the SpongeBob game. Right, it's like <laughs> a palate cleanser kind of game. Yeah, yeah which, I don't uh, feel which like I there's a lot of those anymore. Not Which really, is, no, know, no. Maybe for the, I'm not bemoaning that, but it's just a little odd. No, but there, there's a place for kind of like, you know, comfort gaming like that. Like, yeah. I think there's a place for it, and uh, I don't know, when I think of B-gaming, I always just think of like Earth Defense Force, which yeah. is That's uh, a, good one. a cheapy game that has some cachet and some production value behind it, but not a lot. I always think of things that are mm. like, are just built around kind of a lesser known mascot. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Like maybe you're Sly, maybe maybe not Sly, maybe Sly Cooper, or maybe even a step down, like Ty a the Ty Tasmanian, Tasmanian Tiger. Tiger. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be a good. Just one. something that's like, yeah, we'll release this. We'll try to sell a reasonable amount of copies. <laughs> like, I feel like games now have a much better idea of what they are and who the target market is. Like oh, yeah. Indie games are like we are this very specific thing that arty farty people are gonna buy. Um, like the Outer Wilds doesn't expect to send like sell like some blockbuster amount of things. Sure. And like then your AAA games are like we need to sell copies to everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's when you're busting out your Call I of Duty. I guess it's the same. I guess it, it's very much the same as like <coughs> movies now. It's like either a movie is a huge budget thing that only has one product. It only is Disney and Marvel as yeah. the only production company, or you go and there's like. 18 production companies before the actual movie starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's always a mark of, like, how indie the movie is, is how many production companies do you have in, be- in the beginning. Yeah. Which was striking, too, watching uh, RRR, where uh, oh, yeah. they have, like, uh, probably the first five to ten minutes of that movie is just production title cards. Well, and also <laughs> just all the work to get it over to the United States. Yeah. One, one very random complaint, mostly because I don't want to talk about these games very much, but Fair. is... Um, I hate it when production companies have this big sort of ostentatious like um, logo or animation for their production company. Yeah. Because it's often like very antithetical to the vibe of the movie. Like they'll have like their production company is like this bright butterfly flying through like this colorful world and then you settle down and you're going to watch Crimes of the Future by David Cronenberg and you're like, this seems wrong. Yeah. You really set up the wrong aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's always weird. (laughs) Or or like if it's something overly grim for like The Hangover or something. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely feel like they should make a rule that like your production company is not allowed to have an animation. You can just have the name of your company and that's enough. Yeah, yeah. Or at least have it match the tone that you're going for. Have different versions that you trot out (laughs) for different things you know anyway let's get to talking about a bunch of toy swapping um we're gonna start today with talking about (laughs) that's when the toys get together after dark they all put their everyone puts their keys in the toy box and then (laughs) spins them around and you see you're going home with i'm not gonna name kids characters excuse me uh me and raggedy ann noticed you from across the bar yeah yeah that kind of vibe 
Uh, so Disney Infinity is our first game today. It was released August 18th, 2013, developed by Avalanche Software, published by Disney Interactive Studios. It was also released on everything else at the time. This was a big cross-platform hit. So Avalanche Software was founded in Salt Lake City back in 1994. They're a long-running studio, and they look poised to have their their biggest success ever a little later this year. Uh, we've talked about them a few times before on the show. Back in the N64 days, they gave us beloved favorites like uh, Off-Road Challenge, uh, mm. Rugrats 2, uh, Rampage that? 2, Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero. Oof. You know, all of our favorites. Oof. I say oof to all those. All, all of them are oof-worthy. Um, and on the Wii U, they developed the surprisingly very good Cars 3 Driven to Win. Yeah, that game was fun. liked a lot. Uh, the studio developed a relationship with Disney back in 2005 when they made the game adaptation of Chicken Little, and it continued to develop tie-ins with mediocre brands like Bolt, Hannah Montana, or Meet the Robinsons. Uh, but it was the 2010 adaptation of Toy Story 3 that earned them the studio uh, that earned them some positive attention. So, the main game of Toy Story 3 is what you expect. It's a 3D platformer go walking through the events of the movie. Toy uh, Story games just historically randomly have been pretty good. They're they're like, all pretty good. Yeah. And this one's no exception. Like uh, the the main mode, it's perfectly mm-hmm. fun. You'll have a good time. But then attached to that game is something that they call Toy Box mode. And this is an open world game set in the Woody's Roundup world. So cool. it's kind of like this big uh, uh, western town. It's fun. And you can explore it at your leisure. And there are little missions and secrets and, and things hidden all over the place. You can customize all of your buildings. You can find new skins and new characters and new things to populate your little toy box with. It wound up being much more fun and innovative than the main game. And it got the game kind of like critical praise sure. when these are typically pretty ignored. Yep. Um, but yeah, toy box mode, uh, was kind of the standout mode and that would prov- provide the basis of what would become Disney infinity, which I'll talk about more in a minute. As for avalanche, uh, Disney actually shut the studio down with the cancellation of the Disney infinity series in 2016, but Warner brothers picked up the studio and put them on their biggest project to date. It's coming out later this year and it's called Hogwarts legacy, oh. which is a big open world, Harry Potter, uh, 3d game. Uh, that's already kind of drawn some controversy over the way it handles some of its themes, let's say. Um, Something involving Harry Potter involves controversy? Can you imagine? Uh, Yeah, can can. you imagine that maybe those goblins might be representing (laughs) a certain uh, 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 racial group that might be offended by their depiction? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's already, it's going to be a huge hit though. I mean, kind of rest assured. It's sure. Gonna be a big, I mean, big hit I believe that year. it will both be a huge hit and I will have no interest in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll probably skip it. I'll probably skip it. So as stated, Disney loved the toy box mode in Toy Story 3 and they commissioned Avalanche to make a standalone follow-up game, which was going to be set in the Star Command, like the Buzz Lightyear side of oh, it. Oh, sure. And it was just going to be toy, toy box mode. Okay. Uh, but the team saw a bigger opportunity though, after the success of Skylanders, which we've already talked about. Uh, and they decided to pivot away from a single game and more into a platform that would house multiple IPs across multiple adventures. So okay. the first edition of Disney Infinity was released in 2013. It included uh, the box set included a portal called the Infinity Base, as well as figurines for three starter characters. You got Mr. Incredible, you got Sully from Monsters, Inc., and you got Jack Sparrow. Uh, and the first edition of Infinity included characters from The Incredibles, Toy Story, Monsters University, The Lone Ranger, the most canceled movie of all time, uh, Phineas and Ferb, Cars, Frozen, Nightmare Before Christmas, Tangled, and Wreck-It Ralph. So, so what I, I just want to pause you right yeah. there because, like, 
you would think kind of Disney Infinity as like a sort of a celebration of Disney in general because it's like, all right, this is the appeal of this game. Yeah. You're seeing characters from all over the Disney history. But really, all the properties you named, pretty new. Like, yeah, the the oldest one in that bunch is Nightmare Before Christmas, and that's ninety three. But that's, okay, that's you know, and then like Toy Story. But yeah, but we're not getting any Snow White. There's no uh, uh, the hundred one Dalmatians or anything. Little like Mermaid, that. The Lion King. Yeah, Fo- nor fox, neither foxes nor hounds. No, uh, the cauldron, the black cauldron. No not Aristocats. Presence. Not a single Aristocat to be seen. The rescuers. Someone better go rescue them because yeah. they're not here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Like that is kind of disappointing in of itself like yeah epic mickey was a pretty terrible game but yeah, it is one that. that was tried to make an effort to plumb disney's history and oh yeah so it's weird that these characters aren't even really an option for the game it's very strange and i don't even know well eventually there were like mickey and donald figures sure. but i don't think they went too much deeper than that like i don't think there is like a cinderella yeah or, none or of the that. later there might be none of the other editions like seem to pull in on that very much yeah you you probably get a sort of mm, longer term view of disney's history playing one of the kingdom hearts games yeah which is not really how it should be no it's not but you'll also learn about like shadows and hearts and (laughs) keyblades and a bunch of nonsense you'll have an impossible time i feel like kingdom hearts is like one of those things that we'll look back on in like 20 years and be like, oh, it was embarrassing that we liked that. Like that, that you like know, those games got a pass as being OK. Like I kind of still stand by the first yeah. one. The first one's still pretty like for what it's trying to do. It's pretty concise. But what happened was like I played one and two and then I skipped all the remakes, prequels, sequels, spinoffs that came in between. And then right. I jumped back in on three and Little did I realize that all those other games in there are canon now, and there's 10 million characters and 10 million different dimensions. And I've 732 days of sleep, or Kingdom Hearts two and a half, magical drop ninja butt yeah. or whatever they're. I don't. I forget what they're anyway, all called. It's um, an insane franchise. It's insane. So is Disney Infinity. Um, yeah. So. This game technically comprises three different discs. They are kind of three different but they're three standalone different games. games. It's very confusing because they're all called Disney Infinity. Yeah. One Disney Infinity 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0. Yeah. And you would think based on those names, like that's usually what you get when like a game needs to be patched. Mm. You know what I mean? It's uh, like, yeah. oh, this is the same game. It just like runs smoother and is sort of a sort of more fully featured. And that's not really the case. These are all separate games, but built very much out of the same bones. But for yeah. example, if you have Disney Infinity 3.0, you can't access the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean level. Right. Because like, that brick that brings you to that level that was compatible with 1.0 isn't compatible with 3.0. Totally. So it's not like the newer one is definitively better, even though... Your figures will be compatible for the sa- the toy box mode. I would argue that performance-wise, the later ones are worse. Yeah, oh um, my god. Man, uh, they're really struggling. But we're going to be lumping these all together as kind of one Disney Infinity. Because, yeah. yeah, while they are technically three different games that were sold at three different retail points, there is no meaningful difference between the three from a gameplay standpoint. Yeah, really, all that matters is which figures you can plug into. Which use. brand do you care about? Yeah. If you really care about Star Wars, I would say steer away from the third one because that's the only one that ha- is compatible with Star Wars. Yeah. And you will be sad to see characters that you love in such a shitty game. You've got a like, lot of options for Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Definitely check out other places. 
But Disney Infinity came out 2.0 came out in summer of 2014. That added Marvel superheroes to the roster. The new starter pack had Thor, Iron Man, and Black Widow, and uh, it had characters from both the films and the comics. Uh, Disney Infinity 3.0 came out in 2015 and added Star Wars to the mix, as well as new sets for Finding Dory and Inside Out. Um, and the series sold pretty well at the beginning. It sold about 3 million initial sales for the first edition. Those numbers remained steady, but maintaining the infrastructure of the game was really expensive, and Disney opted to shutter the series in 2016. The final sets released were uh, Zootopia characters. Okay. So there you go. Get those. Get them Zootopes. It's, I mean, it's very fat, faddish thing. Like it, it's another thing like uh, the Guitar Hero rock band stuff of we talked about with um, Skylanders. Yeah, they came out. They were a huge, huge hit. And then you had a couple copycat games, mm-hmm. and it's tough to be the copycat in a, in a lot of ways. It Even is. if you have that Disney branding, like Skylanders beat them. I feel like Skylanders beat them to the punch enough that people sort of blew their financial load on buying a bunch of Skylanders. And then they're like, uh, I don't know if I can justify doing this again with a bunch of Disney characters. Exactly. I mean, the appeal with the, that you're going to get with both this and Lego dimensions, which we're talking about next is that you'll get, specific recognizable characters like skylanders was mostly original ip like you had spyro in there you had a couple of cameo characters but and the characters i think were cute and well designed but they didn't have any sort of name recognition appeal you're like oh i get to play as fire golem from my favorite fire golem goes to high school tv sure (laughs) oh i love that yeah Yeah. kurt russell was really good (laughs) young kurt russell yeah excuse me yeah but um all right, so let, let's dig into this game a little bit because, you know, you know the drill from talking about Skylanders. This is, you have a big portal that you kind of connect with through a USB and you swap in real-life action figures to bring them into the virtual world. And, I mean, to real quick, like, the action figures themselves look pretty nice. I mean, they... They have heft. They, yeah, they have heft. They're, they're big. Um, they're well-painted. They have no articulation, so there's not really much you can do with them. Yeah. They're probably... I would say they're one sort of aesthetic click down from Amiibos because they don't yeah. look nearly as... I don't know. They're more Funko-ish. Like, they look That's bigger... That's what I was thinking, yeah. ...and sort of less detailed than the Amiibos. Yeah, they, they, they all have kind of... They all have all been converted into this house style, which makes sense and is fine. I think the big problem with this style and with this approach to the game is that you're really smoothing out the personalities yeah. of each individual franchise. So Because they all need to kind of generally play the same, uh, and you can you have to be able to customize their abilities a little bit. So you have to kind of strip a lot of the personality away from it. Yeah. It also doesn't help that almost all of the voice actors are, um, you know, uh, sound-alikes. Like, there is, aren't really any original voice actors in this. Right. Um, but yeah, basically you swap in these characters to bring them into the world. Like we said, it's very... It's very locked off by which edition you're playing. So 1.0 works with 1.0, 2.0, 2, 3 with 3. Well, you can... I think 3 will work with all the previous... Fig- like, figures... In toy cross- box mode, you can. Yeah, yeah, figures will cross over, I think. Or, no, not in, not in 1.0. No, like, 1.0, you can't... Like, you use can't... the superheroes or the Star Wars figures in 1.0. Right, but if you're playing 3.0, you can use the original yeah. characters in from but all like, of them. But, like, the interface of this game is just tremendously confusing. We played... um. We played these games for, you know, maybe 30, 40 minutes. I never got a handle on what any of this stuff actually was. Like, yeah. There's the, the adventure mode that we you put in Jack Sparrow, and they're like, okay, now you go to the Pirates world. Mm. And this is just a very sort of bland, um, 
action platformer, you know, enemies come at you, you can shoot them with your flintlock pistol or slice them with your sword. Yeah. It controls badly. I mean, like, this game just mostly to me and everything starts, it feels bad and it looks bad and it's just, like, it just feels janky in a very similar way as, like, Epic Mickey 2. Yeah, I mean, my my little journey with opening up this game is like it, it, the training mode is kind of you are the spark of creation, right? Yeah. It's your you're an idea floating around in a void, and as you're moving around, you're like creating land that touches like the rim Just of your kind light. Kind of a cool initial effect. I'm like, okay, I'm on board. I, I see what they're doing, and then the moment things go wrong for me is when you get to the end of your this beginning thing and you see your first character. Yeah, and it's Mickey Mouse and his sorcerer's apprentice robes. And the character just looks like shit. Yeah, the animation bad. looks bad. The voice sounds wrong. It's a very like, PS2 looking model. Very PS2. And then as the training mode goes on, you start expanding into specific Disney worlds and getting more and more of a tutorial. But it's more of just a trailer than a tutorial. It it's is. like here all all the worlds now just run through it and then we'll throw you into the next world. Totally. Like characters will pop out and say, oh, hello, it's me, Jack Skellington, the guy from that movie you like. <laughs> yeah, I am exactly. here in this game. If you buy me... Um, but yeah, by the time we get to the end of this training mode, like, and you get to actually, you are the, the two basic modes of this game are either playset or toy box. Okay. So playset is a specific story based mode for a specific character. So like, like you said, you were playing the pirates mode. You put like this little clear trophy on the board and it'll open up the play sets. And, but uh, you can't play as like Jesse the Cowgirl in the no. Pirates of the Caribbean level. No, no. Which means these games are two player, um, but you would need to use a second figure from like the pirate set for it to play there. And we only and, have the one pirate, yeah. Yeah, and that immediately like that gets rid of a lot of, to me, what's exciting about these games is the ability to kind of mix and match. Like, I want to play as what would Thor do in the Pirates of the Caribbean world? Or yeah. how does he fit in with the um, the Incredibles? And they don't really seem to... They don't seem to react to their worlds, like, differently or to interacting with these other yeah. characters any differently. Uh, you know, so there are three different types of figures that you can use with this portal. There's, like, the action figures themselves. There are these little... There are the playset figurines. And then there are these little power discs which you can put on to either give yourself like a, a steed or a weapon or a stat boost or something like that. And again, these are very particular to the edition that you are playing yeah. and that you can't really mix and match or use them in other contexts, which, so I never really got much of a handle on that. The, the, all of these mechanics were just very confusing to me. Like yeah. it's weird. Cause I think Skylanders until the, the vehicle ones, like I feel like it mostly just had characters. Yeah. This one, like, some some of the bricks that you put on um are like these clear sort of environments where like you need this to go to cars world right and really it should just be if you put in a character from cars it gives you that ad- option or i mean really in the ideal situation it should be you can go to whatever world you want and play whatever character you want there. right but this game just feels very sort of closed off in what your options are yeah and the the sort of toy box mode which is, I guess, the main feature yeah, of this Yeah, this is kind of supposed to be the draw. Th- this is where, okay, now we can open it up and mix and match, but, like, I found this in um, sort of level design t- set of tools to be very unintuitive and unpleasant to use. It really was. And this is not, for the record, what the toy box mode in Toy Story 3 was like. That yeah. was kind of just like a pre-built open-world game. It had some slightly more generic elements, 
uh, but you could kind of explore it at your leisure and and you can customize certain elements, but you're not building a whole town from scratch. This is just like a big, flat, empty plane where you're supposed to be setting up your own world. And if that's a gameplay mechanic you're into, that's I'm sure you'll you'll have some fun with this. It's never been my thing. I think no. we've covered on a couple of these we episodes. Both, Despite both Super Mario Maker being both of our number one games yeah. right now. Um, but like that's more just like recognizing that that's a game that did this concept very, very yeah. well. Well, and it makes it fun and intuitive. Here you have um, sort of this bit. You can either switch into spark mode where you can kind of go around the world as the little spark or you can just fly through the sky with a big menu of items that you can drop down, like a car or a beach ball or pieces of terrain. But, like, none of the interactions with it is very fun. And, like, you start out... All the terrain you start out with is very uninteresting. Yeah. So you can't, like, design something that looks like the Monsters University world no. until, like, you play through the adventure mode of that and unlock a bunch of uh, cosmetics. And, again, it's all going to be just in this house style, so it's not like you can bring in, like, uh, a hand-drawn background from Pocahontas and then, like, have it interact with the character from Toy Story. Like, you can't do fun things like that. Everything is going to look like the same sort of bland, generic playset. And maybe, like, with, if, we, you know, the online, and they always tell you at the start, we don't support online for this game anymore. Sorry for the inconvenience. Maybe there well, was... like, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there was the ability to, like, download pre-made worlds by other people that would be more interesting. Yeah. I mean, I do think... I don't want to fall... I don't know. I, I try to be conscious of dumping too hard on something that I mostly just don't understand as opposed to don't like, and I did feel like I felt into that trap a little bit with minecraft yeah um but like at least minecraft i kind of understood what the goal of the game was and like right. i felt sort of in it here i just like the way these modes connect is really unclear to me it's very um, unclear and, and and just sort of i think that the <sighs> this is these toys to life genre is a really weird thing to kind of jump in after the fact because you just kind of have a random smattering of figures yeah um from like the, yeah this is from when i bought the console i've got right. like a couple of starter kits and just random figures from like, an array of different like i could see if you bought this game right when it came out and you got sort of the included starter figures and it sort of slowly opened up new content and you're like oh now i want to get the characters from cars because yeah. i love toe toe mater i mean you know um, how much i love Larry the cable guy yeah exactly um the, and like see like my toys interact maybe it would be exciting but like here you're just like i don't know let's try putting the hulk and see what happens and you're like yeah now i'm the hulk more mm. more so than any of the other games in this genre this feels like uh, the goal here is to buy more toys. Yeah. Like it feels like this is just a virtual toy box. Like it literally is a virtual toy box, but you don't really get any actual tangible reward because the game itself is not very fun. Like no. the actual action of the game. And no, I, this, I, I, this runs at an unbelievably shitty and inconsistent frame rate, yeah. like to the point where I, I thought the disc might've been breaking, but like then we played it again. Like I, I was playing it alone and then we played it again. And it's just like, yeah, no, it's still doing the same thing. Like it's, and that was especially true for 3.0. Like 1.0 certainly doesn't play well. No. Um, it, it feels pretty janky and loose, but like 3.0 is just in 
embarrassing. Like the cutscene at the beginning of the game where you're um looks like the Clone Wars, Star Wars Clone War cartoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they're like it looks like they're just missing frames of animation and not in sort of the cute Lego style way. No. Where they look like toys. They're just like you feel like the disc is constantly skipping or like you're having an aneurysm or something. Yeah. And it's really, really unpleasant to play. Like it is it is baffling how low of a quality like and maybe it's just this port to the Wii U. Like that wouldn't be, surprise me. This has fans. This yeah, has this like game got good who, reviews. It got good and reviews. I'm guessing it was not reviewed on the Wii U. Like when when a, when a site chose which version they were going to review, they probably didn't reach for the Wii U. Probably not. Um, yeah. Because at this point, you know, PS4. There were PS4 versions of this game, Xbox One. Yeah. Um, and so I imagine this version was pretty much of an afterthought. But if you are interested in playing this game this certainly isn't the system to do it on no i I was pretty surprised by how like because i'm kind of like preheated to like games like this like i'm 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 wanting to like games like this and this one just did not do it for me at all i mean i do think that the idea of having a play set where you can kind of drop the characters in and interact with them in lots of different ways and have your environment is a good way to do it. And because sure. like Skylanders didn't have any of that feature. No. And so like once you play through the main game of Skylanders, you're just like, okay, I have all these figures, what I'm going to do with them. Whereas here you're like, okay, I can use them to sort of create this really big in-depth world. But that is very much not our style of what we look for in games. No. And so when that's the feature here and when simply moving around this game world is so unpleasant, like, I don't really care what the feature is like if, like, the only way to design it is to have to, like, navigate around using this bad interface. And I'm not crazy, right? Like, Skylanders was more fun than this. Oh, Skylanders was much more fun And it's not a much more ambitious game in terms of gameplay. That is a game about running and jumping and kind of shooting hordes of bad guys. But it just felt better like it, it just felt it, smoother it carries forward it life in it in like a story you're like okay i know what's going on here here they're just like it's so vague they're like okay you're a spark of inspiration like what game mode do you want to go play in and then like when you play as jack sparrow it's just like i don't know you're jack sparrow rescue some character you've never heard of like yeah. who get, there's no sense of like we're gonna make this cinematic it it all just feel it all feels like the um sort of Brazilian knockoff, like animated knockoff version of sure. this stuff. Yeah. Um, where they're when like, this is... put through that Chippendale machine. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, Jack uh, Birdhead. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he runs around in the age of piracy. And, I mean, frankly, it kind of looks like it because, yeah. like, I don't think they own the rights to Johnny He's Depp's the pirate face. of the Bahamas. Yes, yeah. it, it, exactly. And it's just no sense of energy or craft put behind it. No. Which is honestly, like, really surprising that you know, Disney would just be kind of so loose with this property. And like, yes, yeah. you, can, you can use um, all of these beloved characters, but like, you'd think that they would be like, let's let's take a few more months to put some polish on this. Uh, yeah, you would think so. Well, let's, let's look at another franchise that maybe try to do things a little better. I would argue that they do. But uh, let's get into Lego Dimensions. This was released September 27th, 2015. Developed by Traveler's Tales, published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, also released on PS3, PS4, 360, Xbox One. So this, this game, much more limited range. Yeah, and to um, to bring back an initial conversation we had in terms of like uh, production cards, this one's kind of fun right at the start because yeah. it's like 
shows you so many companies of all these things they have licenses from, and it's all on one screen. Yeah, yeah, But it's yeah. like, okay, Warner Brothers, Sega, Paramount, like... The Valve, yeah, DC, yeah, yeah all of these different whatever things. Whatever owns Lord of the Rings. Like. Yeah, yeah, New Line, that's okay, New Line, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know we said we were done talking about the Lego games, but I, I lied, so, you know, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. No, it's a different... I, I think this is different enough. To kind of You're doubling down. I I'm lied and down. also fuck you. Exactly, but, yeah, that's my It's attitude. a way to make friends. Um, so I, I was pretty surprised, uh, that like right off the, right out the gate, I think this is the, the, the version of this genre that balances the toy and the game the best. Okay. Because I was pleasantly surprised to find, like I had to have this box sitting unopened with a couple of like starter packs. I hadn't touched it at all until, uh, preparing for this episode and crack it open the gate. You need to build your own portal. Yeah, uh, they give you like a three hundred piece Lego set, and you get to build your own actual portal. And it and looks it cool. The thing, it's a good looking set. Yeah, it really is. I had fun putting that together, and then that level of construction kind of pervades throughout the rest of the game. All of the figures come like loose in bags in their their little perspective packages, and you have to build them up with instructions that are only accessible on the screen, which I think is a really fun way. Yeah. to make this feel like both a game and a toy, which I think is what all the others are kind of missing in that sense. Yeah, you're right. Like the Lego or the uh, Disney Infinity, like you have the Hulk who looks like he should be able to do something, but the action figure itself is going to... You want to play with an action figure, you need a different Hulk figure than that that one. That game is a collection simulator. This game is a set of Legos, which is, uh, I think, a a better way to to approach it. Um, You know, they're not molded like Infinity or Skylanders either. They're actual Lego minifigs. You can take them off your base and put them into other sets, you know. I should, like, tip my hand for people who don't know. I'm a big old Lego boy. I I love collecting Legos. You've really come on a journey over the course of this podcast because I remember we played, I think it was Lego Racers for Nintendo 64, and you're like... I'm not, I don't really, I, this is my impression of you. I don't really care about Legos. I think they're for babies. I hate them. I'm going to throw them in the street. That's what I said. And that yeah. was what, like six years ago? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I threw them in the street. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I saw you in the gutter right outside your home trying to pick all those Legos up. I am. Because you had a real change of heart on them. I was rolling around and I'm just trying to collect them to my body and then bring them inside. Yeah. yeah no, I did. I had kind of a, I don't know. There. I find something incredibly therapeutic and satisfying about putting together Lego sets, and I've been I've been doing that lately. That's been my my hobby of of recent uh, months. So, but like I'm looking here, and it's the base is kind of all that matters. Like, yeah. you, if you have the Gandalf base, you could build whatever minifigure you want on it, and sure. it would still trigger Gandalf. Exactly. But exactly. like, it's enough. Yeah, it works very well. I'm I'm with you. I think that that setup is very cute. The integration of having instructions in the game is a lot of fun. Yeah. And I like this game's selection of characters a lot more than the Disney ones. All right, here's here's the full rundown of what we get in this okay. game. And I want to list off the whole thing just because it, it's it's a really appealingly eclectic And, and Yeah, and that's what I want to say is like with the Disney Infinity ones, you're like, I kind I know all these properties already. Like I know I'm going to see Mike and Sully from Monsters. Yeah. Unit. Like there's not I'm not going to be surprised by what I see. And when Steve reads this list, I think you'll be surprised. There's some big surprises yeah. on here. Uh, so the full list here: we get Back to the Future, DC Comics, Doctor Who, Ghostbusters, both the 1984 and 2016 movies, uh, some uh, Lego specific brands like yep. Legends of Chima and Lego Ninjago. 
Uh, you have Midway Arcade. Yes, there is a, a little Midway Arcade cabinet you can buy that has 20-something Midway games on it that you can play in-game. Wow. Uh, you get uh, Portal, Portal 2 specifically. You get Scooby-Doo, Lord of the Rings, The Lego Movie, The Simpsons, The Wizard of Oz, Adventure Time, Beetlejuice, E.T., Fantastic Beasts, Harry Potter, Gremlins, Knight Rider, uh, Lego City Undercover, Mission Impossible, Powerpuff oh. Girls, Sonic the Hedgehog, Teen Titans Go, The A-Team, The Lego Batman Movie, and The Goonies. All right, so, I mean, it's that's fun. a crazy array. That, that's a fun, weird, crazy array that I think has some, I mean, has a little something for everyone. Yeah, yeah. you'd be hard-pressed to find something in this selection that you won't like. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing I like about this game is that it respects the verisimilitude of the characters itself. Like, for instance, the wild style character moves like she does in the Lego movie. Like, yeah. she has the janky motion, but then you see her next to, like, a Gandalf or a Batman, and they move like they're in a Traveler's Tales Lego game, which I is see. a little bit more fluid. Yeah. Uh, and I just like that they they stuck with that, you know? And, and, and characters interact with each other. Like, yeah. you can have, like, up to six characters sort of active at a time, um, switching between them. And, like, I put Homer and E.T. on there, and, like, E.T. was, like, E.T., phone Homer, which yeah. isn't that funny by any means, but, but it's, it's there. cool that it's there. It's cute. B.A. Yeah. Baracus talks to Homer. Like, yeah. They, lots of people, they all talk to each other in really You can finally ways. relive that joke from The Simpsons where they talk about Mr. E.T. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> go like something like this. Yeah. I pity the fool who doesn't go home. Doesn't phone home, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so, yeah, there are 23 different arcade games on that Midway Classics. There's other little clever details, like if you play as the Doctor Who figure, you start off, your default is the 12th Doctor, the Peter Capaldi okay. one, because that's the, mo the one that was out at the time. When that character dies in-game, he resurrects as another one of the Doctors. Uh, so you'll get, like, the whole range of them from, like, you know, Matt Smith back through, you know, the original William Hartnell. And they all have audio, like Peter Capaldi recorded original dialogue, but the rest are just kind of sampled from the sure. show. But that's really clever. Like, and that's true to what Doctor Who is. And uh, I think that's a really nice way of showing that they respect the brand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this game was a big seller like the others, but it was the last of the big three Toys to Life series to, to come out. And so it doesn't have as long of a life cycle. Uh, there are two waves of toys released. Uh, Warner Brothers was planning a third, but the... The game was discontinued officially in 2017, so it had a shorter run, too, yeah. than the other games as well. And that, I mean, that is, I mean, it's the same thing with all of these, with all the fad games, I get bummed out that the fad kills it. Yeah. Because, like, these games would be kind of cool if there was one of them that people just decided, all right, this is the Toys to Life game. Let's that throw like, all our resources into this. Yes, yeah. exactly, and it just kind of has this long shelf life, and when they get a new property you're excited about, you're like... Sure, I'll buy some Joe Para uh, Lego Dimensions figures. Like, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah exactly. Break out the smiling friends. You yeah, know, why not? Exactly. Yeah, um, and this game also offers something that the other Toys to Life games don't, and that is a fun and comprehensive story with some surprisingly big production values. Uh, so the basic outline of the story here it takes place on a planet called Foundation Prime, and uh, which is this shape shifting world at the center of the Lego universe. And as the game opens, a character named Lord Vortek uh, comes out and decides that he's going to use, travel across the dimensions, gather up these 12 foundational elements, okay. and use them to control uh, all of the universe. Okay, a real Infinity Gems type of situation. Basically that. So, uh, But his tampering with all of these portals is causing universes to bleed into each other. So as the game opens... Uh, 
Robin, Frodo, and Metalbeard are all sucked <laughs> into different vortexes sure. while unknowingly in possession of some of the foundational elements. So, like, uh, the One Ring is a foundational element. Uh, uh, Kryptonite is another one. Makes sense. Uh, so Batman, Gandalf, and Wildstyle jump in after them, eventually agreeing to join forces and travel across dimensions trying to find them. So you'll go to, like, a, a Wizard of Oz world. You'll go to a Springfield. Uh, you'll, you'll team up with Doc Brown or Scooby-Doo or... A lot of different characters, and um, these which game, is fun. And these Lego games, like, I don't know, they're pretty consistently funny. Yes. Like, I've, I, I've enjoyed these games less each time I've played them, but they've always had a pretty good sense of humor. And, and, and the one that we found worked the best when we played through it was Lego City Undercover, which has an original story, yes. which is also what this one has. Exactly. And um, mm. I think that the trio of Gandalf, Wildstyle, and Batman is very fun as yeah. sort of like... They're your starting characters. I think if you were to buy this game used, you would need those characters to complete it. I believe that's true. Um, yeah, I think you need those three and the Batmobile. Whereas everything else is kind of just like a cute little addition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that that's a fun three var- var- variety of three characters. Yeah, you get a nice mix. You get a, the brawler, the magic user, and the uh, acrobatic one. And as from a gameplay standpoint, which you know makes sense, is the Traveler's Tales game. And clearly most of their resources went into fitting in all these different licenses and making the worlds. Um, the gameplay has not changed very much from all of these other LEGO games we played. No. And this is this is where I kind of lose it. Like I said, each time we've played one of these Lego games, I like them less. And yeah. I, I've really realized there's something about these games visually that my brain simply cannot process. Okay. I can't see every we played this game for you know maybe a half hour yeah and everything i'm like i don't understand what's going on i don't know what i'm supposed to interact with like i can't tell the difference between the background environments and what things you can sort of build on and what things you're accessible um and this game adds a new element with your um with the portal Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the gameplay aspects involve you um, moving characters to different areas of the portal yeah. to get some kind of different effect. So the level we played, if your character was sort of in the center slot, they would get like an electronic shield that you mm. could use to complete circuits or like, I don't know. Um, and these are going to be context sensitive. And yeah. so it's not always ent- entirely clear what this is doing. But I do appreciate that they're bringing the portal into the actual gameplay, right. which you, none of the others have done. If you put it, your character on the left, like you get a fire shield on the right, you get a water shield and all of this like loads much faster than especially like Disney infinity. Oh, I yeah. didn't mention with Disney infinity, all those games took so long to load. Oh yeah. And here su- they just pop right. In. Yeah. yeah. Surprisingly long time just to mm-hmm. bring your characters up, which you can only have one or two at a time in Disney infinity. Yeah. Here you get like, there's like seven slots on the board. You could fit characters in and you can just sort of be constantly moving around, putting in different ones, and that always works very smoothly. I just found this game very unpleasant to play. I don't. I I will say, <clears throat> I think you came in in a bad level. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I to I want to offer a little bit more praise to the story yeah. because I think I I've played a little bit more of this. I've been kind of picking at it throughout the week, and I got kind of sucked into it. And like the story genuinely is very clever. Mm-hmm. Like. There's a moment early on where your Batman meets Lego Batman from the Lego movie played by oh, Will Arnett. Cute. And they they start arguing over who's Batman and they get in a slap fight. Or 
you know, little little details like that, or like uh, Sean Astin pops up to record one line as Sam, like to just express confusion about why all these characters keep disappearing. It's also so weird that this game has such better production values than the Disney game. Oh my god! Like, all right, li- listen to this cast. Okay, so first of all, Lord Vortech, the villain of this game, is played by Gary Oldman. All right, that's kind of crazy. Uh, we also get a lot of additional original dialogue from Elizabeth Banks, Joel McHale, Elijah Wood, Nick Offerman, Scott Menville, Troy Baker, Stephen Merchant, Christopher Lloyd, Peter Capaldi, and just tons of like clips from movies and TV shows and, using the actual And actors. like Disney Infinity had Louis Black doing anger. Exactly. That's out. the biggest name they got was Louis Black. You know, so with this game was packaged in a couple of different ways. You could buy them either a story packs, which included... Two figures, two kind of gadgets, and then six or seven additional levels to play through, plus like an additional hub world. Okay, so there are, there would be more gameplay content that's sort of fenced off by not having all the figures. Exactly, yeah. You can, each character kind of comes with their own little world you can explore. Uh, There are level packs, which will just have like maybe one additional level. Like I bought the Simpsons level pack, which is uh, you just get to play as Homer through a sort of truncated Lego version of uh, the Mysterious Voyage of Homer, which is. I mean, again, I'm not sure exactly who paid for the license rights here because we have Dan Castellaneta. He's the only cast member of The Simpsons in it. The others are conspicuously silent. Sure. But Johnny Cash is in this game. The Space Coyote Johnny Cash is in this game, uh, which is nuts to me. Yeah. And, like, I appreciate the ambition. They could have chosen a lot, a, a much more visually simple episode yeah. to base a Lego game around. They picked a very weird, specific, hallucinatory one, and they rebuilt it all in Lego, and it looks great, and it's really fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, you are kind of selling, like, based on everything you said, like, I think this game sounds very cool. I just wish it wasn't in the shell of having to play one of these Lego games. Which I think that's the, I I could accept that, that, like, if that's not a gameplay style that appeals to you, which I've gone on the record, it does. I played all of these games, like, I enjoy them. But if it's not one that you specifically like, then you're going to struggle with the basic concept of right. it. But like, but I'm I'm in just in terms of like this as a product, as a well-designed product, I have to give it a lot of props because I think it's uh, it's generally very well made. That being said, to your argument, while we were playing, I think we came across a really shitty level. Yeah. Uh, we were playing the Doctor Who level. We got stuck on like a big boss fight with uh with a cyberman and we just did not know what to do checking uh online for strategies did not help well they said the the strategy online was destroy the minions and then he will eventually punch the ground and get stuck and then you can damage him but we destroyed the minions and he would not do that no also i hate it in games where like a boss does a thing that puts them like you can only hurt them as a response to this move that they do yeah because i'm like boss you want to win this fight? Just stop doing the thing. Stop doing the You're thing. You're invincible until you try to hit this kind of punch and expose yourself. It's like the old so. joke about the guy with the broken finger. You exactly. Know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to tell it because why would I tell a joke? This is serious <laughs> this business. Is, this, is, this is not the place for the podcast. No, no, please. This is taxes. Though um, I, I actually I want to talk about the old joke with the man with the broken finger real okay, quick. Okay, please, um, yeah. Because I've, sometimes I lay awake and think about this. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to tell it, even though we said we weren't. Oh, the only way. Oh, um, all right. The guy goes, I apologize for our compromise yeah. integrity. Um, the tell guy it. goes into the doctor and he says, doctor, doctor, it really hurts when I do this. And he bends his finger or something. Uh-huh. And the doctor says, well, stop doing that. Yeah. Um, is the joke of that joke on the guy 
or uh, for, you know, being dumb or on the doctor for providing dumb medical advice. I think we weirdly, you brought this up before. Okay, like, but did I bring a, it up on the podcast? You brought it up on Facebook and like oh, people, okay. were, people were weighing in. I don't know if we ever got a response. No, but people had this. differing opinions, people had which different is what I thought on, was interesting. Which I think that, that makes it a pretty good joke. Like I think you're going to get a lot of different <laughs> things. That's what you want from your, de- from your jokes is real psychological depth. Oh, yeah. And yeah. a variety of interpretations of their meaning. It's a thinker. It's yeah. a thinker. Okay. Yeah. I mean, right in and let us know what you think the meaning of that joke is uh, uh yeah and uh write in and tell us if you own all are these lego dimensions like do because you are they expensive now um i think so. it's it's hard to say because uh a lot of the ones i have i got on deep discount at walmart a couple years ago okay. without like opening so like my i have a mr t I have a uh, Marceline from Adventure Time, and I have a Portal set. Yeah. Uh, and then I just bought a Simpsons set uh, in anticipation of this. That was like 20 bucks. Okay, um, but like, did it o- It came with Homer and a, like a little a TV, TV and a car. And that was the only Simpsons set, right? Like, there is a Bart and a Krusty that's also out there as well, but oh, they're okay. just um, what they call fun packs, which are just a character and a gadget. Um, and there isn't an additional that level That you can there. kind of only throw in as an additional playable character. Yeah. And, you know, even though it's cool that all of these characters are here, a lot of them aren't that useful. Like E.T., most of them can't interact with the story-driven things in the game. No. Like, all the story points are built around, like, Gandalf moving something with telekinesis or Wild Style, like, jumping up to grab a lever. Right. Or Batman using some gadget. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all of these other characters you can switch to play as, but eventually you'll just have to switch back to one of the main three. Yeah, yeah. For for the main story mode, it will need to be one of those three. Uh, but you can replay levels and just sort of mix it up and try it with different like all of these lego games have that same thing you play through the story and then you can go back it's free play and then just play with any character you want and that this kind of offers that which which does also highlight kind of the big flaw with this pricing model and with this like gameplay style is that if you want to just play a lego game you're going to get more characters and you're going to get them all for free uh Mm, so really this is more about collecting with the benefit of having an additional game. Like there is a meaty game here. There's quite a lot of content and there's a, you know, it expands all the time. And like, I didn't feel like quite so underwhelmed as every time, like I loaded up a Disney infinity figure. Like I was excited to see what each one of these could do. Right. Um, but there, that is still kind of a stumbling block. Like if the appeal here is just playing one of these Lego games, this is not the one to do. Uh, but you get a variety a of, of characters. Like if you play the Lego Batman yeah. games, like you're only getting more, you know, DC heroes. Exactly. Whereas here you can have Doc Brown combined with your favorite kid from the Goonies. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, everybody's favorite kid is Goonie number three. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we both. Favorite. Yeah. We love the Goonies. Man, is that a good a real movie goon head. That is that is beloved by me. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's the one movie that everybody gives me shit about for not liking. And I'm like, I, I it's a real like, no, it's the children who are wrong moment it, it, for it, me. Trust me, I'm with you. It is the children who are wrong. And it's, it's a hundred percent a you had to be there. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. And here's the thing, I was there. Oh wow. And I didn't okay. care. Yeah. Like okay, I wasn't like seeing that movie in nineteen eighty five, right. but it was a movie in my formative years youth and uh it's not good it's a bad movie anyway i would still buy the lego figurine (laughs) yeah and yeah i mean again very similar to disney infinity i think this is a weird game to come in after the fact yeah i could see getting very sucked into it like 
if you're kind of seeing these things unfold and build in front of you. And to me, the fact that you actually get to build a Lego set um, and then integrate that with the game is very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm on record being very pro weird peripherals. And this, this game is a weird one. Definitely delivers on that. Yeah. Um, so thumbs up in that regard. I just I I was sad that you lied to us and we had to play another Lego game. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're really done. Oh, there really goodness. are no more of these. I think I was also coming up little, next week. Lego Ninja Gaiden. I, I, that'd be fun. Uh, I was also a little surprised at how like I, I wasn't expecting this to be just a straight Traveler's Tales Lego game. Yeah. Like I thought it was going to be its own thing, but it is just a Traveler's Tales Lego game. Yeah. It is one that I really like. I, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I, I'm very in the pocket for this. I respect the way it's made. I think it, it works very well. It does have some slowdown issues while you're playing. It does have some some. Uh, <laughs> But, you technical know, hangups. It felt smooth place. like butter compared to Disney Infinity. It definitely did. So. It definitely did. Well, let's move on to our rankings. Let's I'm very do. curious. I think I we're going to have some these behind. We're going to we're going to have some very different uh, opinions on where these go. But uh, each week we are ranking the games that we have just played. I will start us off this week. Um, I think Disney Infinity was disappointingly bad. Um, I I would not really recommend playing it. Uh, I think this is going below the lowest Lego game. Uh, I don't mean that to be so shady, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's going underneath the Lego The Hobbit, which puts it at number 83. Okay. Uh, I think it's that's pretty low, and yeah, it just didn't work for me. Uh, Lego Dimensions did work for me. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think the story is very fun and clever. I like the balance of toyetic and game ideas, and I think it generally just works pretty well. It's got some chug. It's got some caveats. Like, obviously, you're going to need to spend a lot of money if you want to really see everything that's in this game but i think it's very solid and very fun this is my number 21 oh, wow. which puts that underneath axiom verge and just above tumblestone yeah you're right we are going to be in some different positions that's here. okay um i i was shocked by disney infinity i kind of you know i wasn't sure that it would be a game that i would enjoy but just how low quality of yeah. an experience it was and i imagine a lot of that is this port but we only, you know, this is the system we played it on. We're only a Wii U podcast. That's it. Um, so I'm putting it at number 104, which is behind Family Party 30 Great Games. Oh my God. Um, You'd rather play I would Family rather Party. play Family Party 30 you Great Games. You are on the record of thinking that was a good, bad game. This yeah. is a bad, bad game. Yeah, this yeah. is definitely a bad, bad game. Um, the gameplay itself is not fun, no. um, it's unpleasant to play and look at. And um, I'm not interested in sort of the build your own toy box level mechanics. Yeah. Um, and again, like I, just to be open, I think a lot of this anger comes from my confusion. I've responded similar when I watched the movie. Nope. I'm like, I don't understand this. Therefore it's bad. Um, I mean, but but, like, but it, 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 unlike Nope, which I think is more like layered. I think this is a product for young children. It should be pretty clear. I was, I was very, this is a weird theme of today is somehow I was continuously baffled in over an hour of play of these two products intended for young children. Yeah. After like having been playing Elden Ring and Metal Gear Solid 2. I'm like, I don't understand the mechanics of this Maybe that's the problem. It's like, you know, where's the cigarette button? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Lego Dimensions, I I agree, is a much better game. The level of polish is much, much higher. I kind of wish, with your description of the story and all of these other characters, that there was a way to play this game without having all these toyetic things. Sure. Even though, like, they are kind of a selling point. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I'd be curious to work my way through the story and see all these different characters pop up. Yeah. Um, 
but I really just have trouble with these Lego games. And um, honestly, like, I wish I could rate them all lower. Um, but this is going in the group with the Lego games because I don't think it is, aside from the sort of weird toyetic things, I don't think it is significantly better or worse than the other Lego games. Okay. Um, it's going at number 56, which is at the top top of the heap of the Lego games. Fair. Because um, I think it has the same weaknesses as most of those games, but the... I don't know. It is a creative use of the pad. Um, yeah, the strengths are more cool appealing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is, it is its own weird, unique thing as opposed to like, this is another Lego game that's branded with, um, I don't know, yeah. Nathan, Nathan Fielder themed sure. content. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I just got won over by the uh, Batman going to the Wizard of Oz world and yeah. then hearing that the Scarecrow was on the loose and wanting to go fight him. Oh, <laughs> and that, then realizing yeah, that's it was very cute. Just a, the that's Scarecrow. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty charming. Well, anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I'm going to box up these toys, uh, probably not play with one of them ever again. <laughs> one of them I'm going to keep busting out, I yeah. think. But uh, be sure to tune in next week. We are going to be playing Mario Kart 8, uh, Mario a big game, pretty pretty substantial game. You yeah. know what? Technically a game we've covered once already on the show, but we played Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Exactly. We're going back to the OG. We're going to bring some friends along and have a nice chaotic time racing cars. Yeah, that's a game I do understand. You do it's okay. Uh, I'm glad I, I I had a course like prepared. To oh, good. To Thank you, you. But you know what? I think you're good. So tune in next week. It's Mario Kart 8, everybody. We'll see you then. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>